I'm Perry Nance Shams, and this is Embrace Your Essence Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Embrace Your Essence Podcast. This is the Healing From Within podcast series for the month of September. And this series is dedicated to amplifying the stories of Black, Brown, women, voices on spirituality and healing, the barriers to healing, and how these individuals have found a path towards embracing their essence. Today on the podcast, we have Katrina Kiratharan joining us all the way from Vietnam. So this is a late night recording session for me, but I'm so excited to introduce you to Katrina because she holds wisdom as an energy healer and Reiki master, as well as a female entrepreneur in her business, Earthbound Intuitive. And Katrina and I met in a really special way when we were kids attending an international boarding school in Northern India. And the time at the school was super eye-opening for me in a lot of ways, but one of those was being from a multicultural family, I learned so much about what this meant and this identity of mine through being at an international school overseas outside of America, where Katrina and I both are from originally. And so that's where Katrina is also going to be speaking about um, what this means for her, what her roots are, and how she has cultivated an authentic identity around them. So without any further ado, I'm going to let Katrina just jump in here, introduce herself, and start talking to us about your journey towards healing. Yeah, I'm excited to be on this call today. I'm excited to like look over the questions that you have prepared and I want to ask, and we'll say specifically when you brought up, um, you know, what we were talking about in regards to the difficulties of being from a multicultural family is like, that was something that I've been meaning to talk to you about for pretty much since the, the George Floyd start of the Black Lives Movement yeah. happened, because I've, uh, I have quite a few, I'd say like most of my closest friends are actually multicultural, mm-hmm. and I never understood why that is, and then it just dawned on me like, oh, because we have so much in common. And in that frame group, I've been noticing that, you know, some of us are white passing, some of us aren't, but, you know, that my friends that are white passing and multicultural, it's been difficult for them as well. You know, there's parts of this, moving pieces of this, and there's healing around racism and discrimination to be done through this movement for people like us. No, that's such a good point, Katrina. And I I also love that you just kind of right off the bat, you call out so many things that is the confusion of being more than one thing. And of course, it's confusing because how you look on the outside is how you are perceived and judged by the world. So for myself, white passing, it creates a confusion of what do you call yourself and calling yourself actually means how do you see yourself? What are you allowed to see yourself as? And um, when you absorb so much privilege being someone with fair skin, how do you then also walk the line of being so much more than that and speaking about a culture that is not white and embracing that too. And I would love for you to talk about your experience and how you've tried to walk the lines of being in your body, in your lineage, and also then how that either came up against, clashed with, or was supported by the environment in which you grew up and the experiences you've had now being an adult on your own. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that depending on the day, I'm either like so, so grateful for, you know, growing up multicultural or I'm just a little tired of it. (laughs) And it really just depends like on what's going on in my life. And and it's 
you know, overall, I do feel really grateful to have that experience because it's allowed me to really see that, like, my whole life has been set up for me to lead a different path than most people, than anybody I know of, you know, that my path is going to be unique and different. And I think that's true for most people, especially on the spiritual path. It's about finding what works for you, understanding that that's not going to be what everybody else does. But I feel like being multicultural, you're kind of shown that at an early age. So like, hey, you're different. (laughs) You know, growing up in my family, it's really interesting because so my mom is white uh, American. My dad is from Sri Lanka. And then I have an older brother who is... I guess most people consider him white passing. So we have very different perspectives on what it's on what it's like to be in America, what it's like to be in the Western world, what it's like to be, you know, from a multicultural family. And, you know, this experience and the Black Lives Matter movement in June really kind of showed all of us like, oh, hey, we all have completely different experiences with racism. We all, you know, have completely different ideas of what it's like to, mm-hmm. to deal with some of the discrimination and, and, you know, how to best cope with it and everything. And so it's, it's interesting because even in our own family structure, we as individuals have had to figure out our ways of living our truths and yeah, navigating that world. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's such a good point. I think what you said that even in a family, you're having completely individualized experiences and that is so important to realize because it shows us that on the one hand that can leave us feeling alone and isolated, even in our own families. But the other side of that is to point out that finding identity, it's a deeply individualized path. And as much as we are informed by our family, their values and our lineage, it's up to us what we embrace and how we go about finding who we really are. And the second thing that I love that you said is in a time where so much of the pain of being something other than just white is really exacerbated, it's also really highlighting the importance of coming to understand ourselves and the people that we grew up around. Um, And I don't know how you feel, but has it brought you into a new place of perspective on your family members, on their experiences. And I also know that you've said at one point that being a woman of color has been painful for you because there's this internalized sense of injustice, which is sort of shame and embarrassment. So I'd love for you to talk more about those two things. How has your, if at all, relationship to family members shifted? And then can you speak to internalized pain of injustice? Mm. Yeah, I mean, wow. <laughs> I want to say like five different things at once. But let's start with like, <laughs> you can say them all. It's intense and it's been hard, but it's also been, it's the truth, you know? So, I mean, it's bringing us a lot of clarity as a family. You know, I always grew up thinking that, you know, everybody in the family knows what my childhood experience was like. You know, I didn't even really see things through the lens of racism until this year. Mm-hmm. And then I started to see like, oh, they, you know, when they gave me commentary on how to deal with the bully at school or when they gave me commentary on how to deal with being tokenized and things like that, they're not doing that from my perspective because they don't fully understand it. And so there was this, always this bitterness there where I assumed that they knew what I was going through. And then the advice that they gave me was not complete mm-hmm. you know it was not really um fulfilling what I was asking for and then it just really dawned on me like oh like my mom is <laughs> my mom is white she doesn't know what I'm going through unless I yes. tell her and and, and yes. that's been kind of you know radiating through the whole family it's also like 
I just realized this year I'm in an interracial relationship. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I just realized that there's so much about my experience that like um, for my peace and my safety and my justice, it's important that I am sharing these stories. It's important that, you know, the people around me, whether they be fully Sri Lankan or fully white or something in between, really know like this is this looks like to be me in this situation. Mm-hmm. And so it's been at first it was a little bit isolating and then I came kind of came back to just like fully seeing each other as adults. Yeah. With the same upbringing, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. What was the second part of your question? The second part was about um, how you mentioned to me that being a woman of color has been painful because there's a sense of shame and embarrassment that has come up at times. And I would love for you to just speak more to that and what has evolved within you from there. Yeah, so that's a beautiful story that's been going on for a while that you know, just every time I reflect on it, I get more clarity. But, you know, just growing up, I grew up in a 90.6% white community. My mom was white. My brother was, like, looked white. And then, like, my dad wasn't really around all the time. So, you know, a lot of the role models, also my dad's family was not really near us. So a lot of my role models, a lot of my caregivers were white. And so I grew up really, really wanting to be white. Like, I had a Barbie doll with, like, the hair that came out and flip it into my hair. Like, really wanted to be white. And then when I went to India when I was 16, I finally realized that there's like millions, billions of people in the world that look like me. And Mm -hmm. it was such a beautiful moment to just see that like, oh, like I'm not, I am beautiful, you know? Mm -hmm. And and that was such a beautiful experience. And I wouldn't have had that unless I had kept on, you know, fighting into the system that didn't work for me and then get pushed out. And it was almost like a like a rubber band or a slingshot effect, right? I would push, push myself so much to, to align and assimilate with white culture. And then it wouldn't work for so long that I would kind of like spring back out of it and just try something new and totally different. Move to India at 16, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so there's kind of this, it's almost like a part of me is thankful for my experiences because mm-hmm. it's really taught me to just like, okay, like, well, this isn't working. So like, let's just try something else. And yeah. then I feel like I'm really fearless when it comes to putting myself in new experiences. Um, you know, getting in tune with my father's culture and taking the bits and pieces that work for me mm-hmm. and just creating, really taking um, active participation in creating who I am now. Oh, wow. What you said is so beautiful and it's so moving. And I hope that the people listening are also exploring just through listening, what are my roots? What are the parts of me that maybe have always been there and I haven't quite been able to wake up to or fully actualize as a result of where I grew up, how I grew up. That is part of white supremacy. It keeps us all dead to reality of our own experiences. And what I loved you saying is that when you went to India at 16, you saw people who looked like you and you realized yourself through that. And so much of what you were saying resonates with me, but almost in the opposite, because as you said, you know, your mom is white, your brother's white passing. For me, I'm the fair one and my, my sisters are brown, and, but similar to you, we are separate from our Persian family. They, you know, they weren't really close to us. So it was something that was kind of always swirling, but was never called out because I was in white circles predominantly. And therefore, it wasn't ever understood by me either until going to India, just like what you said. And 
what's so interesting, and I would love to hear if you have any thoughts on this, but something I've reflected on is that our opportunity to go to India, to attend that boarding school, came from our privilege, came from our access to white education, came to our access and proximity to whiteness. And that's what got us there to go all the way across the world to the place where our eyes were both opened to the other part of us, the non-white part of us. Such an interesting thing that's really pushed me to try to cultivate respect for the white culture that is so focused on and systematically shutting down the opportunities to be awake to your full identity, to multiculturalism and more. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. It's 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 our white privilege that really helps us to get to India. And, and you know, I, I do reflect on that quite a bit. Like, if I wasn't, you know, in the school I was in with the teachers that I, and the supportive teachers that I had in a similar situation, maybe I would have gone for something else. Maybe I would have, I mean, I was at that time, like, already experimenting with drugs and alcohol. And so, like, that story probably would have emerged more. But luckily for me, I had teachers that, had an idea of like the difficulties that had been going on for me and, and you know the struggles I've been having and they supported me in this one path of just like getting getting myself somewhere with like a lot of structure and a lot of adventure. Um, I do find it really interesting that among our sages, like among the group of Americans that went abroad, um, I think only two of them were like one culture or like one ethnic ethnically white and not multicultural or, or black or, mm. uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. Now that I think back on that, that's true. Yeah. So something else that you have said is that you have a tendency to intellectualize your healing process, intellectualize pain, intellectualize things that are coming up. And I'm so glad that you said this because intellectualizing emotional experiences is also such a product of growing up in a white society because it keeps things very simplified and it keeps the hands in the powerful and the oppressor. And I would love for you to talk more about what has that been like to understand, to realize your the inner workings of your own mind as you're trying to heal and evolve. And what do you do with that now? Yeah, um, well, it's funny because I remember, I don't know if you remember, like kind of, lovingly nudging me towards this in this direction during the embrace your essence course and I was like what is she talking about <laughs> like <laughs> as usual you're just like always you're planting the seeds and then they kind of just um sprout a few months later but <laughs> I think intellectualizing what you're going through is a step that can offer a lot of closure at times but then it becomes like almost like a prison mm-hmm. um which is pretty heavy word to use but I, that's the only way I can really describe my process so you know always trying to get to the root cause of like, why do I have this anxiety now? Like, why am I triggered right now? Why, why, why? And like, it's okay. Yeah, sure. If you explore why, but if that why is keeping you from having an emotional release, then maybe that why is toxic. And that's kind of, um, it's interesting that you bring this up in the top context of this call because you know, that why, that kind of why, the why that expresses emotion, that's a lot like gaslighting. And that's something that I have learned a lot about. I'm sure a lot of women have, about, you know, growing up in our society is, you know, using the intellect as a way to keep people from having an emotional experience. And uh, yeah, so lately my motto is like, okay, I'm going to cry, now I'm going to ask why. And usually the answer why comes after the tears. So it's like, just get 
if you really want to know why, because I'm always going to want to know why, yeah. let the emotions flow and then go from there. I think that's so beautiful and it really is powerful what you said because we've been so conditioned to suppress the emotions and to minimize them. And you've said doing that, it never allows you to progress to a place of empowerment because you're just ruminating, you're stirring in that anger or the pain. And from there, you can never cultivate a sense of perspective, a sense of healing. And so much of the work you and I have talked about is and done together is around feminine energy. Feminine energy thrives on openness and acceptance and expression. So our femininity even becomes diminished. It gets withered in the midst of trying to intellectualize something that needs to be felt at the rawest level. So I am so glad you brought that up. I hope that there is a sense for people listening that when you feel whatever pain, whether it's of a certain moment or something that's arising in the midst of your spiritual journey, it might not even be yours. It could be something passed down to you. Those are the moments you want to stay put. Those are the moments that you want to embrace because that's you embracing your whole self, embracing your essence. And I love what you said that after you go through that emotional release, so often the answer to the why that you were searching for comes. So it's it's a beautiful departure away from conditioning that you've just described. And with that, I think something you said earlier is, you know, my life is really taking its own path and I'm meant to be on this unique path. And I totally agree with you that so many multicultural, biracial people, they are here, we are here to be on these unique paths because we have a unique perspective. And so I would love to hear about how you're infusing that into your purpose now as a healer, as a teacher, doing your Reiki and personal guidance work with people. So in spirit of that divine feminine, (laughs) I don't really have the whys for why things are panning out the way they are, but the kind of opportunities I find myself dipping into are getting more into past lives and ancestry work in in a playful way, you know, just like giving myself the opportunity personally to discover healing methods or wellness techniques that are based in Hindu culture or Sri Lankan culture. Um, And that's just been, I can't explain exactly what's going on, but I just know it makes me feel really good to kind of take ownership of the whole of me. You know, I've always kind of just viewed myself as this individual walking this planet and like I can choose whatever I want to do in life. That is true. Unless again, that comes with like a resistance, like a pushing away of, my past and pushing away of my ancestry and where I came from and my parents' stories on, you know, that's all a part of it. You know, all that energy is just, it's transmuted into a child after child after child. So it just makes sense that, you know, we need to look in the past. We need to look beyond ourselves Mm. and to really see what's there. Yes. Oh, that is, that is so real. And I love that you are in a position you've you allow yourself to step into a position of connecting with people on the energetic level, because that is something, it's a message that needs to be heard by so many people and it also needs to be felt. And so I love that the Reiki work that you do, which you do also at a distance, right? So it's, it can be done virtually even people get to experience that process of stepping into their past, stepping into what actually created them in this body, in this experience And from that, they understand themselves in a new way, which is so freeing. As I heard you talking, I just felt freedom coming off of you, this sense of liberation, which is so 
so beautiful. Yeah, I think, again, that energy, that longing to assimilate with white culture, identifying what white culture is and identifying what my white friends are doing and trying to do the same thing. And then, you know, that I always, I think it just set me up in my subconscious mind to always feel like, you know, growth and change and getting what you want in life needs to be hard. It means going against the flow. That's that's what I've known my whole life. And so it's just kind of put me in this ease of like, all right, like instead of, you know, doing, having the action, instead of having the reaction, like, how about we try to be somewhere in the middle where we're just truly, like, allowing things to come as they're coming, and Mm -hmm. yeah, it's been really, especially the past few weeks, it's been really nice. (laughs) Amazing, wow, that's wonderful. So, um, I want to tell people about ways that they can connect with you more personally to receive some of the amazing healing work that you're doing, but before that, if there were something that you were to share with a person any person about how to engage in healing from an authentic place that helps them find some of the things that you've just described here in this conversation, what would you say to them? What would you offer to them? I would say connect with nature, Mm -hmm. get lots of hugs and take your time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Patience. That's so true. Patience. You can't rush the process of healing. Okay, so for everybody who is feeling like they have connected with the story that Katrina's shared here and the need to connect with your feminine energy, your roots, and your own energy in essence, then you should reach out to her personally. And this is really exciting. And Katrina, I actually want you to talk about what it is that you're offering coming up here because it's special. And I think that it's kind of limited because there's newness coming to you into your work. So will you share with the UIE audience, what is it that that they can receive from you right now? Yeah, so um, I am regularly offering Reiki sessions. You can get in touch with me on my website for that, um, earthbounding.com intuitive.com to find out more information or get in contact with me. I am in the middle of some training so different forms of energy healing. The first is Arcturian quantum light healing, which is, it's an energy healing just like Reiki, but um, the energy itself is supposed to come from the cosmos. You know, it has this like, um, this real powerful effect. And I've been receiving sessions of, of this kind for years. So I'm really excited to be giving them out because like the clarity, it's just been Awesome. Mm-hmm. And then Akashic Records has also offered me the same. So that's the other training I'm going through is to um, learn how to read the records and to, again, offer that clarity, offer people the position to, you know, just take a sit back, take a step back and just like really get grounded and get solid where you are. So, yeah, as I'm going through these trainings, I'm excited to just start um, exploring and experimenting. And if you guys want to be a part of that process, then you're welcome to um, join me on Instagram and I'll be letting you know when I'm offering free sessions for Arcturian Light Frequency Healing and Akashic Records. That is amazing. So free healing is what she's saying to you right now. So in the podcast description here, I'm going to be dropping links to Katrina's website as well as her Instagram handle. And you should connect with her personally to learn more about her story, connect with her energy and find out how you can receive some of this healing work. So thank you so much, Katrina, for making time here. And it's always such a pleasure to connect with you. And it brings back memories of such a special time of life every time I see you. So thank you for that opportunity and having this conversation about multiculturalism and what that means as a woman. And as we are on the path of healing, it's um, empowering to me too, being in this conversation with you. So thank you for that. Thank you for your energy. 
Before we close out, is there anything that you want to say, share, or let be known by any listeners out there? I just want to say thank you for having me. And um, I just knew when you offered this, I was like, this is going to be fun. Like, even though we're talking about, even though we're talking about something heavy, like, this is going to be fun. And that's kind of my life motto lately is that I just want to have fun with life. And fun for me involves healing and involves deep conversations. And yeah, so thank you for helping me perpetuate that personal mission there. Amazing. Yes. Thank you so much. And thank you for all the listeners. Make sure you're checking out the previous September series, Healing from Within episodes, and you are reading the description and show notes every time to make sure that you are connecting with these individuals personally. Thanks everybody for being on here.